Okay, we're up to Daf Pei Gimel Amid Beis, four lines from the bottom. Baimine Rava Mirav Nachman. Rava asks of Nachman the following question. Now, just this is a, a little bit of a continuation of a machlekes between Rav Liezer and the Rabbanon. The machlekes between Rav Liezer and the Rabbanon again is if a person says to a woman, "You're divorced to everyone except for John." Is that a good divorce? The Rav Eliezer says yes, but the Rabbanon say no. So the Rabbanon are more, more like black and white, yes or no. Rav Eliezer holds that you could have it's called a shiur. You could have, you could um, you ha- you could have it where it's like sort of not as binary. You're sort of divorced, but you're not fully divorced. Rav Eliezer is more into that. The Rabbanon are not. So the question is like this: ishti. <laughs> If a man gives his wife a get and says, today we're divorced, but tomorrow we're married. So seemingly what he's actually saying, the words that he's saying is, is that he wants to be divorced today, but the divorce will not take effect tomorrow. So we're just divorced for 24 hours, and then tomorrow we're back to being married. The question is, does that work? Is that a thing? And if it does work, meaning does it work, are you divorced for the 24 hours? And then, are you married after 24 hours? Is there such a possibility that you could just be divorced for 24 hours? And the Gemara says, Mahu, Tiboilu Rav Liezer, Tiboilu Rabbanan. This is a kasha both on Rav Liezer and the Rabbanan, meaning we're not sure what Rav Liezer or the Rabbanan would say. How so? Tiboilu Rav Liezer, this is a kasha according to Rav Liezer. Well, again, what did Rav Liezer say? Rav Liezer says that you can make a divorce that doesn't affect certain people. You could say you're divorced to some and not others. So Ad Kam Likam Revaliezer Hasam Revaliezer only said his opinion about a qualified divorce, Elaman to Kashari, Kashari Lo'ilam. At least over there, Revaliezer felt the reason why it works is because over there you're divorced from most people forever, and Johnny, you're never divorced, but at least it's, it's forever. Meaning, Revaliezer is okay with giving a woman a divorce and saying it doesn't affect for John. Because over there, it's at least what 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 is transaction, what is what is taking place, is taking place forever. For every other person, I'm forever divorced. For John, I'm forever not divorced. So it's at least still binary. At least it's still lasting forever. But over here, Avalhacha. But over here, where you want the divorce to take place just for 24 hours, like a timed divorce, lie. Maybe Rav Eliezer is not okay with that. Meaning Rav Eliezer is okay with his situation. His situation, at least, it's something that will last forever. Forever, I'm divorced to everybody, and forever I'm not divorced to John. But over here, it's, you just want it to last for 24 hours. Maybe that's not a thing. A demolition, or perhaps Rav Eliezer is okay with it. And to the Rabbanon. I could ask the same question according to the Rabbanon. I can't like a Rabbanon Hassam, Evdoi Poskimine Legamri. Keeping the Pascha Pascha. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe the Rabbanan are against. Again, what is the Rabbanan's opinion? The Rabbanan's opinion is you cannot have a situation where I'm divorced from some people and not other people. But over there, the reason why the Rabbanan are against it is because for some people, you're not divorced. Over here, I'm divorced from everybody for 24 hours. But at least for 24 hours, I'm divorced from everybody. So maybe it does work. So the Gemara says, Bosa de Bayadi Pashta. Once he asked the question, he thought about it, he realized, Mistabra, Bein the Ravliezer, Bein the Rabbanon, keeping the Pasca Pasca. It makes more sense that according to Ravliezer and the Rabbanon both agree, if you give a divorce that lasts for 24 hours, the halacha is you are divorced, and it doesn't just last for 24 hours, it lasts forever. Once that relationship is severed, meaning you, 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 you like snipped, 
the relationship. And once the relationship is severed, you're severed forever. So it is a good divorce, but it doesn't last just for 24 hours. It takes last forever. Once, once the divorce is chal, the divorce is chal. Okay? Fine. Gemara. Tadur Rabbonim. A man gives his wife a get and says, this is your get on condition that you marry John. So it's not like, yes, it's the opposite. Now it's on condition that you marry. You have to marry John for it to be a good divorce. Now stop right there. If, if, so what's the halacha? It should be you have to marry John because if you don't, you're not divorced. What does the Gemara say? Don't marry him. But if you did, you don't have to leave the second husband. Well, what does this mean? There are words missing. So Gemara says, my comer. There are words missing here. What, what do you mean? So Gemara says like this. Amr of Nachman. Hachi Again, a guy gives his wife a divorce and says, we're divorced on condition you marry John. So, the truth is you should not marry John. Halachically, you're not allowed to marry John. Why? Ah, you have to marry him in order for the divorce to take effect. So the Gemara says, It's a bad optic because it looks like um, the Jewish people trade wives like gifts. Meaning the concept of a marriage is she has to do it willingly. It looks like if you give your wife a divorce and say, we're divorced on condition, you marry A, B, or C, and then she marries A, B, or C, it looks like you're dictating who she's going to marry. It looks like in Judaism we just like, give wives away as gifts. So it's actually usr, l'chachila, for her to marry John. So if you give a woman divorce and say, we're divorced on condition, you marry John, you're not allowed to marry John. But, but if she marries someone else, she can marry someone else. So she's not allowed to marry John, and if she marries someone else, it's fine. Now here's the problem. How could she marry someone else? She's only divorced, the divorce takes effect, if she marries John, which means if she doesn't marry John, She's a married woman. So you're saying you're not allowed to marry John Lechachila. But she's allowed to marry someone else? How could she marry someone else? If she doesn't marry John, she's not divorced. So the Gemara says, I understand. You don't want her to marry John because it looks like we give women wives away as gifts. I understand that. But she's an Ish. She's a married woman that the divorce will only take effect if she marries John. So we're saying you shouldn't marry John because it's a bad optic. I understand that, but you make if she doesn't marry John, she's a married woman. So because of a bad optic, we're going to prevent, we're going to make a ish, she's allowed to marry other people. Again, the Gemara is saying, don't marry John because it's a bad optic. It looks like we give wives away as gifts. So marry someone else. She's not allowed to marry someone else. She's a married woman. She's an ish until the divorce take effect. The divorce will only take effect when she marries John. So the Gemara says... This is what we meant to say. Don't marry John because it looks like we give wives away as gifts. But if you marry John, it's fine. Meaning, you shouldn't marry John, but it's fine. The whole Gzeira, I understand it's a bit optic, but it's fine. Okay. Here's the problem with that. Think about what this sounds like to an outsider. You give a woman a divorce and say, we're divorced only on condition that you marry John. The halacha is, you should not marry John, but if you did, it's fine. I hear that by thinking, I shouldn't marry John, I should marry someone else. The problem is, how do I marry someone else? Again, I'm only divorced, the divorce only takes effect retroactively when she marries John. 
So the Gemara says, but don't marry John because it's a bad optic. So who should you marry? The implication is you can marry someone else, but you're not allowed to marry someone else. So you're telling her not to marry John, but who is she allowed to marry? So the Gemara says, I'm really Rava. The Gemara is saying not to marry John, which implies that she may marry another person. But how? She's a married woman until she's divorced. The divorce will only take effect retroactively when she marries John. The Gemara says, don't marry John. That implies that she can marry other people. But why is she allowed to marry other people? She's a married woman. The, the divorce needs to take... She has to marry John at some point. So you're telling me not to lechachila marry John, which implies that I can lechachila marry someone else. How, how does that work? The Gemara says, well, okay, maybe like this. It's an interesting option. Maybe marry someone else, but wait a minute, I'm an ish Again, she's a married woman, she gets a divorce, but the divorce is qualified. It will only take effect when she marries John. But we don't want her to marry John lechachila because it's a bad optic. So what should, could, could she do? The Gemara says, well, maybe she should marry Shmuel, marry a rando, have kids, whatever. But she has to make sure that at some point she divorces Shmuel and marries John, which triggers retroactively she's divorced. If she doesn't, big problems. So again, she gets a divorce from the husband. The divorce will only take effect when she marries John. But we don't want her lechachila to marry John because it looks like the, the ex-husband is dictating who she marries and it's not a good optic. Okay, so who should she marry? Not John, but she has to marry John at some point. So here's the deal. She can marry someone else, and then, but she has to make sure that at some point she gets divorced, and that at some point marries John, triggering retroactive divorce, making this marriage to Shmuel not an abomination. You, you, oh, yeah. This is what we call high risk, high reward. You're right. That's, that's a major issue. You're right. Yehuda's making a great point, which is that she has to marry John at some point. If she dies, or I'll tell you more a more simple solution, if Shmuel doesn't want to divorce her, because you can't force your husband to divorce you, right? It's not, it's not in the wife's decision, right? It's the husband's decision. If Shmuel refuses to divorce her, bad, bad, bad issue. You're right. It's yeah, because, but the point is, she's doing something that is not in her control. It's a very, very bad idea. Now, the Gemara says, where do we find a similar precedent of doing this high-risk, high-reward maneuver? So the Gemara says, the only again, the precedent is, right now we're saying that you should not marry, that you, you, you're not going to marry John right away. You're going to marry Shmuel, but you have to at some point marry John. And if you don't, Mamzerim Isurim. Where do we find such a concept of like such a high risk maneuver? The Gemara says, "Well, lahach de pliga rav Yehuda kadamisle." There is it's slightly similar, but you're going to see it's not similar at all to the uh, the rav who disagrees with rav Yehuda. The itmar Okay, basically, a guy makes a nether. We have this in the darim. A guy makes a nether Monday. He says, "It is usher for me to sleep on Monday if I sleep on Tuesday." Okay, so if I sleep on Tuesday, tomorrow I can't sleep today. So here's what he wants to do. The only way he could sleep on Monday without doing an Isser is if he stays up all night Tuesday night. Again, if I sleep Tuesday, I can't sleep Monday. If I sleep Monday, I have to stay up Tuesday. So here's what he wants to do. He wants to sleep Monday, but then he has to stay up Tuesday. If he stays up Tuesday, retroactively, it's fine. And if not, not. So it's similar. Again, if I sleep Monday... 
it's usher if I sleep Tuesday. So the only way I could sleep on Monday is if I stay up all Tuesday night. So what he wants to do is he wants to sleep Monday, like put in that high risk, and then he'll just stay up Tuesday. It's a machloikas whether you're allowed to do that. The Gemara says, Rav Yehuda says, don't sleep on Monday. Because if you sleep on Monday, maybe you'll, maybe you'll sleep on Tuesday and you'll trigger an Isser. Rav Nachman says, no, it's fine. You could sleep today, just you'll make sure you don't sleep tomorrow. So the Gemara says, so, so according to Rav Nachman, you're allowed to like put yourself into this like a little bit high risk. You, you, you're sleeping on Monday and then you have to stay up Tuesday to retroactively make it you didn't do anything wrong. So the Gemara argues maybe Rav Nachman would be okay with marrying Shmuel and then just make sure at some point you marry John. But the Gemara says the, the difference is quite obvious. Sleep is in your control. If you want to stay up all Tuesday, I'll pinch myself till I stay up all Tuesday. A woman cannot control her own divorce. So the husband gives her a get that only takes effect when she marries John. We don't want her to marry John. Now you're telling her, let her marry Shmuel in between, but she has to make sure that she'll divorce him and at some point marry John. First of all, you have made a good point. She might die. But secondly, even if you know that she's going to outlive Shmuel, Shmuel may not divorce her. It's not in her control. The case of sleep, at least it's in her, his control. He could stay up Tuesday by pinching himself. The Gemara says, how do you compare the two? In the case of sleep, it's within his control to fulfill the condition. He could prick himself all day long and stay awake. But over here, how does she, she can't control who's going to divorce her. If she's, She could beg her husband all day and all night, please divorce me, and he could say no. So how could we allow her to marry someone else with the hope that she'll eventually marry John? So the Gemara says, you're right, she can't. So what does it mean that she shouldn't marry John? The answer is she can't marry anybody. If a guy gives his wife a divorce on condition she marries John, she should not marry anybody. She can't marry other people because she's a married woman. She shouldn't marry John because it's a bad optic. So she's not allowed to marry anybody. If she marries another person, she has to divorce him because she's a married woman. And we don't trust that she'll eventually marry John. If she marries John, but the evidence it's fine. But Lichachila, she shouldn't marry anybody. She shouldn't marry anybody. She shouldn't marry John. Because it looks like the ex-husband is dictating who she marries, and it's a bad optic. She can't marry another man to buy cumulative tonight because she has not fulfilled the condition and she's still like a quasi-married woman. Now let's say so she's not supposed to marry anybody. If she does marry someone, what's the halacha? If she marries, if she married John, it's fine. Because while it is a bad optic, we're not going to make her separate from her husband. But if she married another person, she has to separate. Because she has not yet fulfilled her condition, and we don't trust that at some point she will. So therefore, she has to separate from her husband. We have a brace in the backs of Rava. The brace that says, Okay. That's interesting. Normally, you give your wife a get on a condition. If the condition is met, you're divorced. If not, not. Right? You give your wife a get and you say, on condition, you give me $100. So if, you give, if she gives you $100, she meets the condition, great. If not, not. The Gemara wants to know, what if he makes a condition that's outlandish? Like crazy, impossible, impossible condition. Two choices. Do we say that by an impossible condition, well, okay, 
well, if it's not met, you're not divorced. Or do you say, no, when it's impossible, and he knows it's impossible, he's just trying to mess with her. If he gives her a get on condition she jumps a uh, hundred feet in the air, he knows that that's not real. So what does he mean to say? He means to say we're divorced, but he's trying to mess with her. So does the condition need to be met when it's outlandish? The Gemara's examples of outlandish conditions are things that we could, Baruch Hashem, accomplish now. One of the examples of an outlandish condition is go, go, go to Shemayim. We have planes, but they didn't have planes. So back then, saying to someone, go to Shemayim, that was an outlandish condition. So the question is, do we say, so again, you give your wife again on condition she, you go, she flies to the heavens. That was impossible back then. So the question is, does that mean if you go to the heavens, I'll divorce you? And if not, not. And obviously, it's not, not. So they're not divorced. Or do you say, no, he knows that it's outlandish and he's just trying to, he's just trying to distress her, but he's really divorcing her. And that's why he's picking something that's outlandish because if he wanted a condition to be met, he would pick something possible. He really wants a divorce. So he's just trying to mess with her. If a man gives a condition to his wife that she ascend to the heaven, condition he goes into the depths like in a submarine, but they didn't have submarines back then. A condition that you swallow a reed four amas long, which is impossible. A condition you bring me a hundred amas reed, which apparently was impossible back then. On condition that you cross the great sea on foot. All of these are conditions that are impossible. So the question is, is it a get or not? In a get. The Tanakama says it's not a get because these conditions weren't met. Rav Yehuda ben Tema says, no, it's a get. And you're just, he's just trying to mess with her. Rav Yehuda ben Tema says, this is the rule. Any condition that's impossible to fulfill but you made the stipulation knowing it's impossible. You're just trying to torment her, but you actually mean to divorce her. And it's a good get. That's the halacha. We have a, a Mishnah in Bamitzia that backs it up because the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says any condition that's possible to fulfill is a good condition, which you could deduce. And it implies that if it's an impossible condition, Tanai bottle, then the Tanai is bottle, but the mice is Kayan, meaning the Tanai falls away, but the, the action still stands, and it is a good get. Shmavino. Okay. So according to Rabbi Yudman Tema, according to the Rabbanan, every condition must be met. According to Rabbi Tema, if it's an outlandish condition, he, he's just trying to torment her. The condition doesn't need to be met, and it's a good get. So, Ibailahu, what if a man, according to if a man gives his wife a get, he says, on condition you eat pig meat, is that considered an outlandish condition? From a halachic perspective, it's outlandish, but from a practical perspective, she could eat pig meat. So do we say that he's saying, listen, you're going to divorce on condition you eat pig meat. Eat the pig meat, we'll get divorced. If not, not. Or do you say, no, according to Ravid Ben Tema, this is considered outlandish. It's impossible because the Jew is not allowed to. He knows that he's just trying to torment her. That's the question. The Gemara and Ahmed Beis will ask if it's considered a good condition, why isn't it considered masna mashakasa betaira, which means that you're making a condition against the Torah. And anytime you make a condition against the Torah, it doesn't last. But the Gemara wants to know is it a good condition or not? Amr Abaya, hihi, Abaya says, it's considered outlandish, and it's considered void. Rav Amar, Rav says, why is it impossible a person can eat pig and get lashes? 
It's not like going to the heavens, which is physically impossible. Physically, you could eat pig. If you wanted the divorce, you got to eat pig. Then he'll get lashes. But the, but and if you don't eat pig, it's not a good divorce. Abaya says that when Rabbi Yehuda ben Tema says this is the rule, anything outlandish is not a good get. This is the rule is to include pig meat, that it's a non-binding. And Rava says, Rabbi Yehuda ben Tema used a Lashon that was inclusive and that was Mimayat. Um, he says Klal, which is inclusive, and then he says Kazeh, which is Mimayat. So Abaya, who feels that this is included in his statement as being outlandish, he feels that this is included in Klal. Rava, who feels that this is not included because this is possible, it's it's under the under the Mimayat of Kazeh. Okay, fine. So it's a Machlegis Abaya and Rava. If you make a, a Tanai about doing an Iser, whether the get is considered void or not. The price says like this, If a man gives a wife a get, he says, on condition you have relations with John. Now, that's not necessarily also because you can marry John. On condition that you have relations with John. If she has relations with John, she's divorced, and if not, not. But that's, again, that's not, we're looking about, we're talking about, what would you say, say about, about Isurim? That's not Nisr, because it just had to have relations. You can marry him. Okay. And if you stipulate on condition that you do not have relations with your own father, we don't assume that she did. You don't have to have Adam. We assume that she did. Okay. That's a price. The question is, It doesn't list... In the Brisa, an example of a man giving his wife a get, saying, on condition, you have relations with your own father. It's not listed there. The implication is, the fact that it's not listed is because that would be considered, um, that would be considered a get, um, and, a not, and, and it would be considered a get, you don't have to fulfill the condition. This Brisa is listing where you have to fulfill the condition. Having relations with John, that says you have to fulfill the condition. What about having relations with your own father? It's not listed there. Oh, so you see that it's considered a good get, and it's not considered a binding tanai. That's according to Abaya, the Rava Kasha. Again, according to Rava, if a guy gives his wife a get and says, on condition you eat chazer, she has to eat the chazer for it to be a good get. Not to say that you should do that, but she has to eat chazer for it to be a good get. The problem is, this b'raisa basically implies that if you give a woman a get and says, on condition that you have relations with your own father, you don't have to have relations with your own father. It's considered a get without fulfilling the tanai. So why by chazer is it considered only a tanai, only a get if you eat the chazer, but by the relations of the father, you don't have to. What's the difference? So the Gemara says the difference is like this. The chazer is not considered impossible because she could eat the chazer. Having relations with her own father is considered impossible. Why? They're both Haveris. The difference is, the Chazer, there's no other person involved. It's up to her. She could just take the Chazer and eat it. Having relations with her father, she needs her to be Maskim and her father to be Maskim. The assumption is that to get both on board would be an impossibility. That would be the difference. The reason why eating Chazer is considered binding if you fulfill the Tanai is considered possible because you could eat it and get lashes. And even marrying or having relations with John, you could pay him to marry you 
and then it's possible. But that relation to your own father, is it up to her? There's no way the father would be masking to such a thing. Therefore, it's considered an impossibility because not only is it an Avera, it's an Avera that you need two people to agree on. Two people to, to agree on Avera is considered an impossibility. Okay, so even Rava would say even such a case would uh, would review the Mitema would agree is considered uh, even such a case review the Mitema would agree is considered uh, not uh, not a real tonight. The Rava klal a Rava when the word klal that means to include any condition that's an impossibility is not a real condition that's to include relations with the father. and the word kazeh is to minimize basa chazir because again according to Rava eating chazer good condition relations. Of the father, not a good condition. Go to the next page. And Labaya, the word Klal is to include Basakhazir because he does not include anything. Any Averis are non binding. In Kazel, the only thing that is binding is having relations with John because that's not considered an Avera because you could convince him uh, if you pay him to marry him. So it doesn't have, no Avera needs to be fulfilled. Okay. All right. May so have a Kasha. Again, according to Abai and Rav argue, what would Rav Yehuda ben Tema say if a person gives his wife a get on condition she eats chazer? Abai would say, it's a get, you don't have to eat the chazer. Rav would say, you have to eat the chazer. It's a machalik, it's Abai and Rav. What Rav Yehuda ben Tema would say. So, it's a machalik, it's dafke and Rav Yehuda ben Tema. The Tanakama feels... The, the Tanakama feels you have to fulfill the condition. It's what Rabbi Yudabateva would say. It's The problem is this Brisa is clearly not like Abai. What does the Brisa say? If a person says that we're divorced on condition Yichazer, or in Haisazara, or if she's a non Kehenes, Amanasha Techli Truma, on condition she eat Truma, which is not allowed. In Haisanazira, or if she was in Azira, Amanasha Tishti Yai, on condition you drink wine. This guy in Tanaya is a Gavim Lavinagin. The halacha is she has to do the Avera for it to fulfill the condition. And if she doesn't, doesn't. Oh, so that's not like Abaya. Again, according to Abaya, that's considered an impossibility and you don't have to fulfill the Tanai. The, the get is automatically good right away. So this Bryce says, you have to fulfill the Tanai, so it's not like Abaya. So the Gemara says, Abaya responds, Rabbiah said, I only said my opinion in Rav Yehuda ben Tema. This price is authored by the Rabbanon. I don't know what Rav Yehuda ben Tema says. It could be Rav Yehuda ben Tema would agree with me. This price is following the Tanakhama. Okay. So here's the Kasha. According to, let's go with uh, the Rabbanon. Okay, the Rabbanon hold that if you give a woman a get, you say, on condition, you eat chazer, if she eats the chazer, she's divorced, and if not, not. Meaning it's a good tonight. But isn't there a rule that you're not allowed to make a condition against the Torah? So this is a condition against the Torah. So why does it work? Why is it binding? Right. According to the Rabbanan, it's binding. And according to Ravid Mentema, according to Rava, it's, about, it's binding. So according to the majority of opinions, this is considered a binding tonight. But isn't it Masna Mashakasa B'Torah that tonight bottle? Typically, if you make a condition against the Torah, the condition is void. So why is this condition valid? So the Gemara wants to basically figure out when is the condition void and when is the condition valid when you go against the Torah. So, So, 
The Gemara says the first attempt is that the reason why this is not Amashakasabatira is because the person making the condition is not breaking the Torah. Meaning, who's making the condition? The husband. Who's breaking the Torah? The wife. So I'm not making it. I'm not. It's only a problem when the one making the condition is breaking the Torah. Like if I tell you, uh, I'll, I'll owe you $100 if I eat Chazer. So I'm the one making the condition and I'm the one eating the Chazer. That's when it's a problem. But over here, I'm the husband is making the condition, but the wife is eating the Chazer. Not my problem. It's like Amara says, Masculine Ravina. Why is she eating Chazer? To fulfill his condition. So it is back to him. Meaning you're saying it's not his fault. He's making the condition, but she's eating the Chazer. But she's already eating the Chazer to fulfill his condition. So it all goes back to him. So why is this not Master Master Kasabatar? So the Gemara says, Alam Ravina, Kamrina Master Master Kasabatar, Tanay Bato, Kanshek Susoy Nosa, Devadik Akar, Avlahacham, Mikarmel, Lasagadil Yacha. Why take a Tigrish? Gemara answer is very simple. You want to know why this is not considered Masna Mashakasabatar? Well, what's the case here? You give a woman a divorce and say, We're divorced if you eat Chazer. I'm not telling her to eat Chazer. I'm telling her if she wants to be divorced, she should eat Chazer. She could stay married. Meaning, Masna Mashakasabatara is where you make a condition, you make an action that requires you to break the Torah. He's not telling her to break the Torah. He's saying, If you want the get to be valid, break the Torah. But I'm perfectly cool with not getting divorced. All I'm telling you is if you want the divorce to take place, so it doesn't have to happen. It's not like I'm saying, I'm, I swear I'm doing this and it'll involve breaking the Torah. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying like this. I'm happy to stay married. You want to be divorced? That's an option. Then you're going to have to break the Torah. But that's not Masnam Mashagasabatayra. Masnam Mashagasabatayra is where, is like a, a man, the example given in condition is a man says, Haray we're getting married on condition I don't have to supply you with the things a husband has to supply his wife. So that there's no choice, there's no wiggle room. You're getting married, so it's 100% you're married, on condition that you're going to break the Torah. That's not good. Over here he's saying, listen, I'm happy to stay married. If you want to be divorced, you have to ichazer to do it. You don't have to get divorced. So because the entire thing is avoidable, that's not considered a masnah, mashakasabatayr. Okay. Two more quick sugis. Um, we said in the Mishnah that if a man gives his wife a get on condition that she is um, on condition that she's mutter everyone except for John, the Rabbanan feel it's not a good get. Rabbi Shmuel, or Rabbi Eliezer feels it is a good get. So according to the Rabbanan, what do you have to do? So the Gemara says, Kate said, Yasa, Yitzled, Ahimena. So the, the Mishnah said, what do you do? According to the Rabbanan, it's not a good get. So again, he gives his wife again, and he says, on condition, this is a good get. On condition, you can't marry John. So it's not a good, you can't do that. So what does he have to do? She has to give him back the get, and then he has to give it to her. The Gemara points out, why can't he just say, you're mutter to everybody? He has to like re-hand it to her. So the Gemara says, oh, man, Tana, who is the author of the opinion that the get has to be given a second time? He must be Rav Shimon Al-Lazar. Titania, Rav Shimon Al-Lazar says, Rav Shimon Al-Lazar says, we had, this, we had this recently, a couple of, I don't know, maybe a week or two ago, that according to, right, when you give a woman a get, you have to say, Hareza get. Like if you give it to her and you say, Here, here's from the DMV, it doesn't work. Let's say you handed a woman a, a, a document without saying it's a divorce. So it's a machlekes, Rebbe and Shimon Lazar. can I just say while she's holding it, this is a divorce, or does she have to give it back to me and hand it back, and then I hand a gift to her? Shimon Lazar's opinion is, 
You can't just say you're divorced. You have to. She has to hand it to him, and then he has to hand it back. So therefore, Rishim Nolaz is the author of our Mishnah that says that you have to hand it to him, and he have to hand it back. Okay. Rav says no. I feel the tamer Rebbe. It could really work according to Rebbe. I. Why is Rebbe over there feel that you don't have to hand it to him? He could just say Hareza Gidich, but over here it has to be handed back to him. Shani over here it's different. In this case, in this case, yeah. So in the case of in the case of our Mishnah, the reason why you have to hand it back, I'll tell you why. There are two cases. The case of Rebbe is where you hand a woman a divorce document, but you don't say what it is. According to Rebbe. It's not effective at all. So just you could just say Harizakidah and that works. Over here, you handed her a get and you said on condition she's not allowed to marry John. The halacha is that when you do that, while it's not a good get, it's enough to passel her from Kahuna. So because the get already did take effect somewhat, you have to redo it to finish it off. It's sort of like it's like does the Nasina work at all? So according to Rebbe, Rebbe's case is where you handed her a document not saying what it is. It was it had zero effect halachically. Therefore, you could just say Harizagitech and it'll connect to that handing over. You don't have to hand it over to the husband, just say Harizagitech. Over here, when you handed the get and said, on condition that you don't marry John, it didn't matter her to other people, but it made her Pasla Kahuna. Therefore, that Nasina already had a chalais, it already took effect. Therefore, you have to redo it in order to fully establish it. That, that's the Gemara says. Okay. Now, one just to finish it, we said in the Mishnah that if you hand a woman a get and say that you're not allowed to marry John, it's not a good get according to the Rabbanon. But it, so, what do you do? You hand it back to the husband, and he hands it back. But if it's written in the document, even if it's later erased, no good. So the Gemara says, "Amr of Safra, Rav Safra says, "We learned in the Mishnah that the get is only a bottle if it's written in the get itself. But if you just instructed." As you handed the get and you said, you're not allowed to marry John, then it's uh, the get is valid if it's re-handed over. Okay. What are you adding? Meaning basically he's saying, if when you handed over the get, you said, you're mutter to everyone except for John, it's a kosher get, you just have to re-hand it. If it's written in the get, no good. Yeah, okay, that's much what the Mishnah says. What is her safra adding? The Gemara says, Okay, basically like this. When you, you, you write the get and then you hand it to the woman, and when you hand it to the woman, you said, you're mutter to everyone except for John. We said, according to the Rabbana, it's not a good get, meaning it's not a good nesina. You have to rehand it to the husband, then you could use it. But the document is still a good get. The Gemara says, the Chiddush is, it makes no difference when you said that. Meaning, I'll give you two scenarios. You write the get fully, with the intention that it should divorce her from everybody. And then as you're handing it to this woman, you have this thing in your head, where you're like, you know what, you're not allowed to marry John. The halacha is, the document is still a good document. You might have to rehand it, but the document is still a good document. What if, though, as I'm getting the cipher to write the main part of the get, the, the name, the document, the dates, the, the main part of the get, the tariff, Um as he's writing the actual tariff. So before he actually writes the main part of the get, you say to the cipher, write the document, but I don't want it to work for John. The halacha is, 
Meaning, the halach is, it's still kosher. As long as it's handed over, and you said, it doesn't matter whether you didn't want it to work for John before it was written, or after it's written, it doesn't make a difference. The Gemara says, the same, you might think, that it's only, the get is only good if you made the stipulation after the main part of the document was written. But before the tariff was written. Maybe the get is usher if you had the restriction in mind. So before the get was written, you had in mind, it should not work for John. You might think that that should actually invalidate the document itself. Kamash will know. In both cases, as long as you hand it over and say, it's a good get. Rava Amar says no. Rava says no. The oral restriction is only a problem after the term, uh, the, the, the get is only kosher after the get was written. If after it's fully written, you had in mind it shouldn't work for John, it's still a kosher get. But before the tariff is written, if you verbalized it shouldn't work for John, it's taka puzzle. And Rava follows his own reasoning. Rava used to tell Seifrim, Make sure the husband is quiet from any stipulation until the tariff is written because before the tariff is written, if he makes any stipulation, a kataka invalidate the get. So Machlaikis, Rava and Rav Safra, if everyone agrees once the get is written, if you have in mind that it shouldn't work for John, it's still a kosher document, you just have to give it over again. The Machlaikis is, if before the tariff is written, you had a stipulation in your mind that it shouldn't work for John, does that invalidate the document or not? Rava says yes, and Rav Safra says no. All right, we'll stop here, and we'll pick it up tomorrow, Bezashem.